Bloody Elbow presents the sixth round post-fight show, which gives you an event rundown and full analysis of the bouts that took place on the current weekend's UFC event, complete with hot takes, possible next fights, and reactions to the overall card. Paid Bloody Elbow podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your Bloody Elbow fight analysts. Bloody Elbow podcasts are proud to be sponsored by RevGear. They've been a pioneer in the industry and have grown into a formidable brand and true leader in the MMA gear market. Bloody Elbow listeners get 20% off. Go to RevGear.com slash Bloody Elbow email sign up. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 6th Round Post Fight Show with me Zane Simon and my co-hosts, as always. Back at you again, Eddie Mercado. And we're coming to you all just from the conclusion of the latest UFC Vegas, UFC Apex card, Brendan Allen versus Paul Craig. A, uh, all right, fight night card. Pretty, I mean, yeah. Well, it, it had some, it had some frustrating moments, at least for me. Yeah. There were a lot of submissions, which is cool. But a lot of, like, it it didn't feel like there were, I don't know if there was any, like, one really great fight. Uh, You know, it was just one of those things where, like, even the fights that had, like, good endings and were fun, it was sort of like, oh, yeah, that was was after a drag or whatever. The the He-Boss fight was fantastic. That was, they were banging the whole time. Yeah. That one, that one was good. But that yeah, one, there was but a it was whole, there was a whole lot of blanket grappling going on, and then the other guy finding a way to overcome it. Yeah, we what, we can. That's that's some that's some street justice. I like that. You know, there's there's something to be said for someone the crotch sniffer who gets his comeuppance real time. <laughs> you know. I I can appreciate that, and I love grappling, right? But oh yeah, if, if you're just holding on, oh you're gonna you get subbed, like <laughs> yeah. No, I did. I will say I did. I did really enjoy that Joe Anderson Brito Jonathan Pierce, yeah. right, where oh, he's no, like, he we'll get there. We'll get yeah. There. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, let's jump in. Right, one of our viewers already noted. Brendan Allen, big brothering Paul Craig, and I don't know that I necessarily thought that it would be Brendan Allen to really muscle Craig around this way, but this did kind of feel like what I was waiting for to happen to Craig after that great debut he had. Whereas, like, you're not really a great wrestler, you're a notably bad striker. <laughs> Middleweights aren't as athletic or huge as light heavyweights, but they're not worse. They're better fighters. Somebody is going to go out there 
and make you pay for having a game that is entirely I will submit you when you screw up bad enough, you know, which is pretty much that's Paul Craig's whole game. Sure. It's just like, you're going to make a mistake and then I'm going to submit you. And Brendan Allen. You mean jujitsu? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. Like pure jujitsu. That's pure jujitsu. Yeah. He has a pure jujitsu style. He does. And I would, you know, I'd like to argue, I don't do jujitsu, so I would say I would like to argue that jujitsu can make people make mistakes as well. But Paul Craig is very much on the train of, I am going to wait until you fuck up. And if you, once you fuck up, I will be there. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing is Alan didn't fuck up because he knows how to grapple and he knows ways to stay safe. Uh, I think the biggest thing that he was doing that allowed him to have so much success on the ground was keeping Craig's hips flat to the mat. You keep his his hips flat to the mat. He's not throwing up triangles. He's not throwing up yeah. arm bars. He's not sweeping. He ain't doing shit but laying there and trying to not get elbowed. It, and that's that's brilliant. The second you give him space is that's when people get in trouble. And yeah, Brendan did a fantastic job of minding his P's and Q's and dishing out punishment along the way. And had a sick ass uh, leg entanglement that he turned into a yeah. into a choke. That like, was beautiful. That was fucking awesome. It was. I am very glad that with Alan and Craig, we at the very least got to see the absolute best version of that fight. Mm-hmm. That's if we're going to see Brendan Alvarez Paul Craig, I want to see them grapple. I don't want to see the nervous, striking, you know, right. battle between these two. <laughs> So we got to see the grappling battle. We got to see the scrambles and yeah, it was, it was totally solid for that. I think it just, you know, Oh dude, fucking Paul Craig had a calf slicer at one point. He did. He used a calf slicer to defend a rear naked choke. Yeah, dude. Which is wild as hell. And then Brendan Allen used it. uh, uh, He went for a straight ankle lock to defend the calf slicer. Mm -hmm. And it was just this awesome sequence. Yeah. Both guys were fresh. Um, Brendan Allen, he he might be he's he's calling for that number one contenders fight. Oh, he dude, he better fight Hamzat. Him versus Hamzat, that's it. Title eliminator. There's nothing else. And I I, I don't want to see him fight anybody else but Hamzat. I yeah, I mean he was the best grappler at middleweight. The question, real the only real question for with Hamzat is really just does he want to be fighting right now? Because he seems like he's just not caring that much. In fact, I'm I'm looking at the UFC rankings, and am I right in seeing like Chimaev isn't even? Oh no, he's ranked eighth behind. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, I guess he did. Uh, That's the fight, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah, I want to see. Yeah, I, I mean, Paul, I, I would absolutely be down for Brendan Allen versus Hamza Chimaev. In a title um, eliminator. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like I say, yeah, the only question with Hamza is just how much he wants to fight because after his last pro, you know, is that last one when they're like, hey, do you want to fight for the title next? He's like, I don't fight for titles. And he had this whole, like, I want to do other stuff thing. And who knows what's going on there. But as long as he's still fighting, then yeah, Allen Chimaev. That's an awesome fight. 
Uh, I'd also be, yeah, just any anybody in like, honestly, anybody in the top five, too, like Allen versus Delidzi or whatever. That all sounds cool. So Chimaev does sound like the good one, though. Bro, they rocked each other in the second round. Yeah. That was so cool. That was fun. This fun. This fight was fun. It was. It was a good main event. It was a good main event. It was exactly the right kind of, um, like I said, it's the right kind of fight where we got to see guys who have, you know, have games they prefer it get into the fight that they want to have with those. Yeah. You know. It was very enjoyable for me. Yeah. We got a uh, Yeah, Craig versus uh Vieira. Yeah. Vieira. I can see that. Yeah, I mean there there are all sorts of, you know, fun battles for Craig at, at lightweight if we can keep him away from the the dudes that just hit really hard. That's why I think him and Hamzat. And hey, that's his shot, right? You want to you want a title shot? Go through Hamzat. Yeah, I, I, I meant for uh, Paul Craig, but for Brendan Allen, yes. I oh, think for all, Craig, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's well, yeah. Paul Craig, he'll always be fun. I mean, it's always you know you just got to book him. By default, <laughs> yeah, he's fun by default. He's very much live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah. Uh, yeah, otherwise, I mean, it was just kind of one-way traffic for Allen, you know? There's not a lot to break down in terms of real back-and-forth stuff here. The back-and-forth came in the scrambles, but it has to be noted that Brendan Allen kind of won all of those when you got when they went on long enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's just, yeah. Uh, I think he's just better. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, I was going into this, I picked Brendan Allen, it's just one of those things where it's like, Okay, I realize one day in the far, far past, it's almost impossible to imagine now, he got submitted by Trevin Giles once. Right. But in his entire UFC career, Brendan Allen has never been beat on the ground. That's just never where he loses. And, like, Paul Craig is a fun grappler, but... He's a dude who did get submitted by Jimmy Crute at one point. Well, that know? was in a different weight class. Yeah, but that's still it's a it's a worse weight class. The it's a weight class of worse grapplers. But know? wasn't it like a Kimura or something? Yeah, I'm just saying Paul Craig can get beat on the ground. I've never seen Brendan Allen get beat on the ground in his entire UFC run. So I, I, I did feel like he would have that edge here, and that's kind of how it shook out, you know. Um, I just figured he's a better athlete, and that too. Yeah. He was he's savvy enough in the grappling department to not fall for some of the hail marys that were going to be thrown his way. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was going to um, get him on the feet. To be quite honest with you, I thought he was going to keep it standing. I really did. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't. The, the, the last thing I needed to see was a bunch of Brendan Allen stand-up game. No, nah, dude, we got a double, like a double rocking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to see that. Okay, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. All right. Otherwise, just before that, in the co-main event, Michael Morales, Jake Matthews. Unfortunately, if Allen versus Craig was exactly the fight that I had hoped to see and wanted to see. 
Morales versus Matthews was exactly the fight I was afraid I was going to see. Yeah. Which is just two dudes who like to fight from way outside and neither of whom really likes to push a, a high pace. So you just get this really low simmer kind of pot shotting back and forth fight for three rounds that kind of feels yeah. like a it's felt like a glorified sparring match. Yeah. Exactly. There well, it was like there weren't any real wow moments, but you know, there were there was a handful of those like almost wow moments. Sure. And I think you also have to credit the chin of Morales because he yeah. ate some really clean shots, like right on Not the yet. chin, and just kind of shook it off and kept going. It's, oh. it, the, he's a solid fighter. It's just, I think the big thing for me is really that in the last few years, Jake Matthews has really turned his style into this whole back foot boxing one to, you know, one shot at a time kind of game. And he's not awful at it, but for a dude who used to be like a power double leg into grappling game kind of guy, it's just kind of cut off half of MMA for him. It's just a bunch of stuff he doesn't do anymore. And he's not such a great striker that somebody like Morales can't go out and have a kind of lackadaisical fight with him and just take it off a little bit of extra activity, you know? Yeah, and just having the harder harder strikes, just being the apparent yeah. heavier puncher, heavier yeah. striker, and doing, like, just doing more, right? Like the flying knees. and Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just like Matthews, it's not like he's a d- dynamic striker on the feet. He's turned himself into this very defensive, very, I'm going to be way back here. Okay, here's a one-two. Okay, I'm ri- right set way back here again. It's like, oh, what are you, like, you're either banking, I'm going to knock this guy out, or I'm going to be so elusive that they never hit me. Right. That's it. You're not. I understand the philosophy. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, a, it's not an easy way to win rounds. It doesn't. No. You know. No, and the fight kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just kind of, kind of just okay. Yeah, it was fine. Not great, just fine. Morales died though for Morales. Yeah, he's the kind of athlete where you just think any day everything could click for him and he'll be real dangerous all of a sudden. You know, mm-hmm. big, long reach, tough. Athletic, really composed. Yeah, really composed. All it could be is just one point his footwork is going to get clean enough that suddenly all the stuff he's trying that doesn't land starts to land, and then it's just like, oh, damn. He's pretty, is he 24, I think? Is he still that young? Yeah. Yeah. He's super young. Born in 1999. Yeah, why would you say that? I know. Damn it, Zane. Come I'm on. Sorry. You can't say things like that unless we have like a Tim Means on this card or one of the old guys, you know, doing it for us. It's true. <laughs> you can't you can't bring up someone born in the 90s, bro. You just I know. But yeah, he's only going to mature and uh like like Brendan Allen was saying, Brendan Allen, he's not even in his prime. Yeah, he says that. I mean, he's 27, so it's true, actually. But he's also been fighting for nearly a decade. He's been fighting since he's a teenager, so I kind of feel like he's probably going to be more likely to have what we often see out of fighters who start that young, which is 
the early prime that goes from like 25 to 32 and then you start to fall off a cliff when all the cage wear starts to accumulate but who knows maybe maybe that'll change and maybe he'll be the rare like Robbie Lawler RDA exception where you're just sure there's always still like good until 40 I feel like they don't make those guys anymore right you know the yeah. guns the Nogueras the guys that just have this crazy, crazy longevity, this crazy like prime, this gigantic yeah. fucking prime. Yeah, I always just worry. You know, I see, see that that, and I'm I'm always more worried of like the the Jordan Means and the uh, Miguel Torreses and those kind of dudes where you saw them at like 25, like this guy's gonna be a killer forever, and sure. you're like, oh, they're gone. You know. Anyway. Not all that aside, Michael Morales, a solid, not spectacular performance getting by Jake Matthews. But right before that, we also got another exactly the fight you would hope for about oh, yeah. Chase thanks, Hooper. Thanks Jordan. to Jordan. Thanks to Jordan Levitt, by the way. Yeah. Hooper came to throw hands and Levitt was yep. like, nobody wants to see that shit. <laughs> yeah. I do not need to see Chase Hooper and Jordan Levitt in a, in a boxing match. That is the last thing I ever want to see. Right. I've seen both of those dudes forced to kickbox. It is terrible. It's terrible <laughs> beyond reason. So I was so glad that Jordan Levitt just came out and was like, I'm taking this fight to the ground. Come what may. We're scrambling through it. And it was just a mad scramble for three minutes until Hooper got the neck. You know? Yeah. Like, mm. it was just constant position sw- switches. And... Yeah, it's it's incredible. Just all the sweeps, all the scrambles, position changes. Um, the best version. The best version this could have been. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It was it was exactly what I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, loved seeing it. Love I love watching both guys grapple. It's definitely, you know, they I may not want to watch them do anything else, but if you get Chase Hooper on the floor, that's always a joy to watch. He's so nasty on the ground, man. Really for a dude as tall he's how tall is he? He's like he's six one. Six one. He is way too bendy for a dude that is six one. Like <laughs> That man can get his ankles up around his ears. He could have had a great secondary career if fighting didn't call call him. As a contortionist? That's right. That's right, as a contortionist. <laughs> Not a porn star. <laughs> Look, don't even... <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a family show. Ah, I forgot. I forgot. All right. So, yeah, solid showing from Hooper. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, I'm just, I'm glad he's up at lightweight too. Honestly, six foot one feels like too tall to be any further down than that. Tired of seeing him down at featherweight, getting his head bounced around. Yeah. All depleted. Yeah. All right. That brings us to a bantamweight bout, Peyton Talbot, Nick Aguirre. And for a round of this fight, it felt like the glow might be off of Peyton Talbot. Yeah. the <laughs> he broke him like a glow stick he broke his ass yeah but uh for a round it felt like all the shine was gonna be off peyton talbot it was like man you're just getting out coming out here and getting absolutely 
swamped by a guy who is only here to grapple in Nikigire. It's like, hey, you know, I don't know. Peyton Talbot, like, Bantamweight's a tough division. Are you not, can you deal with this kind of thing and all that? I don't think I'm and, concerned, to be quite honest with you, because I feel like even though he clearly lost the round, um, clearly lost the round, he didn't get dominated in any one position for very long. So he kept improving his position, yeah. kept moving. It's just he, he could never gain control of the fight. Um, so I don't think I didn't even give it a 10 8. Like I gave that a 10 No, I, I didn't give it a 10 8. Um, because of that. So and I didn't think it was that bad. He, it's not like he was getting stuck or, or seemed like he didn't know what to do. The thing that, that's always impressed me uh, in the past about Talbot, and I think that, that stuck with it here, that, you know, for those looking for a reason to jump off the hype train or jump on, whichever, the thing that impressed me in the past, and I think still showed up tonight, is that as a uh, pretty young prospect in the sport, he seems like he understands MMA as a meta game way better than most fighters. And what showed up then in this first round was like, he was just super calm. He may have been getting, you know, out grappled and beat positionally, but it was not a panic situation at all. And then what we see the rest of the way that I love and that keeps, keeps I think, his stock pretty high is that he is a rare young fighter that knows how to create and maintain the pocket for his striking. He doesn't fall into the pocket. He doesn't fall in on his strikes and close his own distance out. And he knows that the way the path, the, the, the current path to winning is through volume. Dude throws a ton and so for him to be able to just stay calm in a bad spot and then go back to fighting the way he wants to fight, like, you know, yeah, it's a bad round, but he responded the right way to it. Yeah. And I, like I said, I like the things he was doing in that bad round, yeah. moment to moment. Yeah. Um, and he's he, he seems coachable, right? He was having his moments on top of the ground and pound. His coach was like, hey, don't play his game. Back up. And he backed up and was like, you yeah. stand up because I'm going to break you. And I thought it was a, a high five Q moment. And, uh, man, he broke his ass. He did. <laughs> that was he cool. did. I think. I uh, mean, Dominic Cruz was on one tonight, as he always is. Yeah, he, he tried to start that fight with Felder. He was like, yeah. my pace. Yeah. <laughs> what do you chill out? <laughs> Take the estrogen blocker, bro. What's going on here? What, whatever he was on, as always. But he did have a good point there, which was, you know, Talbot's there in the corner making the, like, I'm breaking you sign. And Aguirre's coming out and, like, giving him a hug and a pat on the back. And then, you know, a minute later, tapping out. And it's just like, yeah, okay. Maybe you did break him. Oh, a hundred percent. Fair, fair play. You know, it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know what Dom's deal is. Uh, he's, he's just, just having a bad he's just mad. He's just he was born mad, and he will die mad. Yeah. Well, 
he still was a world champion. So it's true. No, yeah, he's got. You would think that would make him happier, but clearly, if being he was open, real open about the belt not making him happy. Yeah, yeah. So it's there's there. He's insatiable. He is absolutely. He is a born hater. He's our hater, though, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, I don't claim him, but you can have him. Uh, that brought us to a woman's strawweight bout. Amanda Hebush, Luana Pinheiro, pretty much fight of the night, I think. Uh, Pinheiro just came out absolutely looking to wreck Hebush from the from jump and swinging wild and going crazy and clipping her up. And it's a credit to Hebush that he that she was able to to you know lock it down keep it in control and even if she never got to a point where she stopped getting hit in this fight at least get to a point where she could control the pace of the action again get out to kicking range get stop trying to it was when she was trying to close pinero down the whole time early she was just walking right onto punches and the moment she's just like well what if i just stand outside punching range and start kicking Everything started working a lot better. Yeah, it's like that confused the the range because mm-hmm. yeah, Pinero was just she was kind of just coming forward, bombing away from 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 Jump Street, just like yeah, nasty haymakers connecting. Uh, he bus had the lumps on her forehead like right away. Uh, the eye was bleeding. Mm-hmm. She was a mess. Uh, she became a huge betting underdog. And then I saw the second round start, and those leg kicks were landing. And I saw uh, Luana was was um, she was going backwards, and I was like, "No, you can't. You can't. You can't be getting pressured here. You do your better work going forward. You need to go forward with those haymakers." Mm-hmm. And so I tweeted out the live the live odds. He boss plus two forty. I saw it swinging. I saw it swinging. So yeah. anyone capitalized on that? Kudos to you. Uh, and it, it just seemed like the fight got taken out of Luana. I mean, this was one of those things that it came up to me for me in the fight against Watterson that where I was not all that sure that Hebus or that uh, Pinheiro deserved to win that fight. Is it like, you know, she kind of she's had a pretty quick run in the UFC into high level. You know, somebody started out winning via DQ against Randa Marcos and then going from Sam Hughes to Michelle Watterson to Amanda Hebush. And it's just that Watterson fight is like, this is a really incredibly limited game that Pinheiro is working here. And the fact that she's a great athlete is making it work against Michelle Watterson, but people should be able to fight around this. Michelle Watterson just about fought around this and all Hebush had to do was just be like, well, what if I don't just let you swing wild haymakers on me all the time? What's <laughs> step two? And there was no step two, you know? And they were training partners, too. There's yeah. a lot of familiarity there. Yeah. And I wonder if Luana had an adrenaline dump also, because she Could was be. really sprinting in that first round. Could be that maybe she's used to get beaten up in the gym by Hebus, and sh- so she tried to run out the door to, like, stop yeah. it, and then after that didn't work. She's like, like yeah. <laughs> I done pissed her off. Yeah, you yeah. never know with training partners how that stuff goes because 
it's a whole separate environment. Yeah. But once he was could control that range, she kind of stayed in control from then yeah. on out. Yeah. Yeah. Great finish. Just that wheel oh, kick. That and wheel kick was nasty. Yeah. Holy shit. What a finishing sequence. This was a badass fight. It was. I really enjoyed this fight. This was a banger. Great fight. Unexpected Great banger, too. Mm-hmm. So that was that was really good. And he was that's what's our actual I gotta get to the other. Well, yeah. I get to the wiki for UFC rankings wiki. I it's just a way better resource than the actual dot com page. But um I guess the entire women's uh strawweight division is currently unbooked right now <laughs> in terms of like top ranked fighters, not one of them has a fight booked. So Hebush against Lupi Godinez, Hebush against I don't know, Verna Janjaroba. She, no, she already, beat, she already beat versus Andrage. People are saying Hebush yeah. versus Andrage. Hebush versus Andrage, yeah. I, that's oops. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, I would I would absolutely do Hebush versus Andrage. Uh there's just fun fights out there for her, so um yeah, someone asked, "What is my favorite submission in USD?" Here, I'll put it. Up. Uh man, I'd have to probably go with maybe Matt Sarah's submission of GSP due to oh. strikes, just because <laughs> of the incredible. Um, no, I probably maybe like a Sulov stretch. One is a didn't a beat hit a Sulov stretch on someone, or a twister. Zombies Twister or Bryce's Bryce Mitchell's Twister, I think something like that. Not the not the uh, the Mighty Bar. Ooh, the Mouse Trap. The Mouse Trap. Ooh, that's a good one too. I think that's not. Yeah, fair. he hit a Sulov stretch on Brandon Davis. Zabit did. Yeah, something in that vein. Didn't Aljo hit a Sulov stretch? He did. Was that on Cody Stamen? Yeah. Yeah. That's that was a something in that vein. Knee bars are ridiculous. I'm, I'm a big fan of the knee bars. I will, I will, I will not. You know, I know I'm not the grappling person or the person who was asked the 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 question here. And uh, I will, I, I will always just say it was the Anderson Silva Chael Sonnen submission angle because I. I was I was in tears watching Anderson <laughs> Silva lose to Chad. I was just like, oh my god, my dad, you know, watching daddy lose out there for young MMA fan me. Right. <laughs> and then to hit that submission, it's just like no more. I've never, I think, been a happier MMA fan than that that moment. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, the Aoki Plata. <laughs> yeah, jumping back. Mictabic or Oralby. Uh, what did you just say? Oralby? <laughs> Oralby? Oralby. Oralby. Mictabic, Oralby. Mictabic, Oralby. Mictabic, Oralby. 
against Uros Medic. Bro, he about popped his head off his body. Yeah, no. I I was uh making jokes about call the sommelier in in our uh live chat over on uh, over on Substack cuz we're popping he's popping bottles over here, you know. I don't even get that reference. I don't know what Do you You know what a sommelier is? No, no. What That's is a that? wine steward? Oh, the yeah. person okay. who comes and shows you the bottle of wine. And a, oh, okay, you're I'm a high a, class gent, Eddie. I don't, I don't do wine. I'm oh, okay. Not a wine, wine person. Yeah, sorry to offend all my winos out there. I still love <laughs> you, you know. Or if any wine companies wants to sponsor, you know. Eddie's not back in the club getting the bottle service. Uh no, I might it's be drinking. Just a, it, it's just a bottle girl with a with an education. Eddie. I'll drink some agua. You want to hit me with some agua service? Okay. Damn right. Maybe even frozen, some frozen agua. All right. All right. Anyway. I'm partying hard these days, man. Oralbi Medich, the didn't see that coming upset of the night. Yeah. Oralbi well, just. Well, not even. There was one bigger than this. Oralbi, yeah. Uh, Oh, no. oh, there was the yeah the Jekasaragi. Yeah, no. dude. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That was the craziest, unexpected moment of the night. But Medich has been winning in the UFC. Like Lucas Alexander's kind of just some dude, you know. A short notice dude at that. Yeah. No, definitely um, unexpected. Aralbi, like. He looked great, and he looked like he's going to be a problem at one at one fifty five. Because if he's up a division, I mean, it's you know, being as sellout on the wrestling as he is, that gives me a little pause. But sure. the sheer variety of takedowns he went for, and his ability to chain those together, and to change angles on stuff, and to keep looking for stuff, like he did not actually control Medich all that much realistically like in terms of holding him down and being like oh I've securely got you trapped Medich kept getting finding ways to like move and get back to his feet or regain position and stuff he was but, making it work though but Aralbi just Aralbi just absolutely kept going and pressing with that wrestling game it was impressive it's frustrating too to watch. I don't get yeah. I'm like, come on, <laughs> this is tough. But then he pulled out the neck crank, and I was like, all right, if you're gonna blanket someone, better get him out of there. <laughs> it yeah. better be a short blanketing, a, a, a short lived blanketing with the finish. I'm here for it. Absolutely. For it. So, I I'm impressed. Aralbi was not on my radar. I didn't get a lot of chance to to preview this card going in so okay we've got a couple people here i didn't give him me. that i didn't give him the first round yeah i uh i thought he probably took it i gave it to him uh via what i figured the judges would see which is i figured medich did have like he had the damage so i think there's a good well, argument I, for that. I, I judge my rounds off of what i see not what the judges see I yeah. I, don't, you can't I try. I always try to. I always try to give. That's give an impossible fans. task. <laughs> I do a good job of it. Which which say. which judge are are you? Do you have in mind? Is it Adelaide Bird? Which, yes, I try to give the Adelaide Bird scorecard. <laughs> I try to Chris Lieben. <laughs> yeah, 
What is your gold standard? My, I'm I'm out there trying to give fans the Adelaide Bird eye view, the Adelaide Bird's eye view, right? Correct. That's oh, oh wow, that's bad. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's beyond dad joke. That's like a dad's dad joke. <laughs> uh, but no, um, oral oral by was um, this was a pick and fight according to the odds. Yeah. But I don't think anybody um, in the know was picking him here. Yeah, great, great, great showing from him. For Medich, you know, uh, kind of. It's a re- it's a reminder that his wrestling game still needs a lot of work. Because I get that this is short notice and all, but Arabi kind of came out with a real nuts and bolts wrestling attack and was just like, here's here's a bunch of basic wrestling room stuff. How do you handle it all? And Medich did not. No. The doctor was not in today. No. <laughs> See? Set a new tone. <laughs> This is now the 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 dad cast. I'm gonna get Pat Wyman back over here from. And his... neither of us have kids. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. the best part. Absolutely, the best part. Okay, um, that brings us to a featherweight bout: Joe Anderson, Brito, Jonathan Pierce, and this was the sweet spot moment of the card for me. I'm not gonna me lie, too. Jonathan Pierce. Look, I can't hate it. Because he has a game that is keyed to winning, and I will always support fighters who are trying to win and know how to win. But it is like the least fun version of winning. It is that I am going to get on top of you and control you and make you so frustrated while you're losing that the act of me being on top of you is going to be the domination. And... I, 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 I get it. I just don't like it. So when he's up there and he's got Brito against the cage and he's like, get up and do something, get up and do something, you know, calling him boy and all that kind of stuff. And and, even before that, though, there was yeah. a moment where um, Pierce yell, like, yells to the ref, oh, he hit me in the back of the head. And Brito just mocks him. He's just like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. What is going on? And so that's when Pierce was all like, why don't you get up and do something? Yeah. And that's when Brito got up and did something. Did something. Uh, it's beautiful. This is this is the key thing. I mean, I, I don't want to steal a point from a talking point from my co-host Connor Rebush, because you know, that's never a good idea. But he's got this whole thing that I very much agree with, which is basically that if you're fighting in a way that does not lead to an, to finishing your opponent, you're not fighting smart because the smartest thing you can do is get that person out of there. So they can't hurt you. Tell that to Colby Covington. Well, that's why he didn't win titles. You know, he won an interim title, didn't he? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a fake belt. Even he knows that. Yeah, he got pretty damn far, man. He got pretty damn far, but he didn't he get, he didn't get far, to the title. He didn't get that belt. He to a title shot, but he got pretty damn far. Point being, fighting in a way that doesn't try to hurt your opponent is bad. Is a bad idea. It's a good idea to try to get them out of there. Sure. And 
Jonathan Pierce is a fighter who very much prioritizes highly advantageous position over finding submissions or anything like that. And this is the this is the the price. This is the you know this is where keeping it real goes wrong. Is you didn't get Brito out of there, and then Brito got another chance to to get him. And Brito is not the kind of dude you give a lot of chances to. No, honestly, I thought um, I thought Brito was going to put hands on him. Yeah, and like he almost did. Like he started riffing to the body, and I was like, "Here we go." Yep. But then that second round, Brito gave up the takedown right away, and I was I like, know. "No, no." I thought that was going to be a wrap. I was like, "He's going to grind him out second round, get the same takedown in the third. But man, I think uh, Pierce pissed off the MMA gods, and he got his uh, he got his comeuppance. He did. I I love to see it, and awesome performance from Brito. All right, that brings us to he had a call out. Do you know who he called out after the fight? I just I just heard him say motherfucker a bunch. Yeah, and then they were like he called out the same person. He's calling out the same person he did last time. And I don't do our viewers remember who he called out last time? I'm uh, drawing a blank. Let me see if I if I can find it. Someone who's a motherfucker. Do you know? I can't. I can't. Uh... Let's see. I can't recall, but he just seemed to want to see. Oh, okay. I th- wait, no? Was that when he fought last? Let me see. When did Joe Anderson Brito last fight? He fought in, has it been a Weston year? Weston Wilson. Weston Wilson, okay. It was this year. It was this year. July, so I've got him calling out Dan. He called out Dan Ige last year. Okay. But, uh, yeah, maybe. Let's see. Oh, yeah. He called out, he called out Danny Gay again in July and Alex Caceres. So he's still mad at Danny Gay, apparently. Let him fight, I guess. It, Dan might not accept that. That's a dangerous proposition. Mm hmm. Rita's a killer. He is. And he's not. I- there's not, a, be a, cool not a big fight. enough name to do anything for Ige. It's true. Ige is coming off a loss to Bryce Mitchell. It would be a good fight, but we could also do, you know what? If we if it's time to get Brito into the top 15 conversation, and I think it might be it, we're getting there. Uh there's also Lerone Murphy. And that would be a hell of a thing. Because those are two dudes who do everything with a ton of power. You could rematch him with Diego Lopez. Yeah. UFC fight. It's true. Brito's got that win. All right. And that was like, um, wasn't that weird? Uh, technically. Yeah. 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 He, it was something happened on the contender series. What was it? Ah, damn it! Uh, I'm I don't remember. Third round eye poke from Brito led to the bout being paused, uh, and then Brito was deducted a point, and then the fight went to the scorecards. But Brito oh, yeah. still won it. 
run that so, shit back, dude. Run yeah. that shit back. It's time. Run it back. Absolutely. Perfect time. Maybe that's who we called out. I don't know. That's yeah. the fight to make, though. All right. That brings us to Bantamweight bout Jose Johnson, Chad and Hellinger. And um, all right, fight. Pretty decent, pretty scrappy. You mean anal liger? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely scrappy. As do not mean anal liger. That's what Dom was saying. <laughs> what? It is. Uh, I didn't make him say it. I will still say that getting Team Alpha Male as his his primary fe- blood feud in the UFC did did more for J- Dom's reputation as a smart dude than anything else ever could. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's 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 your best take ever, Zane. <laughs> You're spot on. Like, that, was, that was wise. That was it wise. wasn't. If it wasn't Cody, if it wasn't, uh, oh, Cody, it was Cody, Cody yeah, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't Cody Garbrandt that he was getting to style on rhetorically, right? It would not have seemed half so brilliant. <laughs> All right, I'd rather be lucky than good any day. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, but yeah, no, this was fun, dude. This was yeah. definitely a fun scrap, all the way. Uh, up until the finish, there were brawling moments, uh, and Helliger was willing. He would be get he would get overwhelmed at times, but then just bite down and start swinging back some heat. Um, the scrambles were awesome um, and pretty competitive. But Johnson was the one really landing the damage out there in those scrambles. Um, yeah, a, a, just a fun fight yeah. all the way through. It is really weird to me that. And Helliger as a uh, how tall is this dude? I know I'm looking up everything and pausing everything now, but as a five foot six bantamweight, appears to have taken a, a whole bunch of his striking cues from Anderson Silva. Did you notice that he had like the little sideways up elbow, and he's got like the hands down trying to like bob and move and do the the and I'm like, man. I realize we all have idols, but maybe as a five foot six Canadian, the spider is not who somebody that you're going to really functionally channel in what the. What does the Canadian part have to do with anything? Why'd you add that in there? I just, well, you know, Anderson Silva. It's all about like the rhythm and the flow and the the dancing ability and. No, dude, it's a, it's, uh, it's, it's our five foot the goal, bro. It's the maybe maybe like a Michael, Michael Flatley, <laughs> maybe a Michael Flatley Lord of the Dance thing for our Canadian brothers would be a little bit more on par. I'm just saying, like <laughs> you just snuck in Canada there for no reason. I feel like. <laughs> You like taking your the catching strays. You're pretty close to Canada, aren't you? Look, this is why I know. This is why I know. I spent my whole life up in, up in this kind of latitude. Oh, you've and been somebody, on either side of Canada, actually. Now that I, I think have, of it. yeah, you keep your flanking them. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing. Maybe you're the problem, Zane. <laughs> you're like the common denominator here. I'm I'm the the the, the great northern menace. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe you're maybe trying to be the 
tiny white Anderson Silva is not not the path forward for him. It might not be. Um, but he made it fun. <laughs> he know? did. It was a fun fight. He had a good. He had some good chances. Johnson is just he's gigantic, and uh, he he knows he's he's knowing he knows how to use that reach. He had all those front kicks in there. The knees. The knees. Yeah. Made it, a f- and he's still not strong, which is why I still worry about him in the future. And Helger was able to get him down and out grapple him for stretches too easily. But he's, uh, he's, it's always going to be fun with Johnson. Like every fight he's in, it's just going to be a live by the sword, die by the sword firefight. And that's another thing, right? He came and got, <laughs> he got, he got submitted in a twister in his last yeah. fight. Yeah, you better come out your next time and show off some grappling prowess. You better get a submission win. Yeah, it's you true. I mean? Like you have to. You can't go get submitted with a twister and then, <clears throat> you know. Speaking of humiliating uh, octagon debuts that resulted in strong back bounce back performances, Christian Leroy Duncan out here looked absolutely miserable in his UFC debut. Against uh, Armin, Sar- not not Armin Sar- Petrosian. Petrosian, yeah, Armin Petrosian. And this fight against T. Lulin was a really good welcome return to the hype for for Duncan. You know, still had some some sketchy moments out there in the in the middle distance when asked to actually trade in combination and like sure like right out of the gate right yeah to lulin knew that he, he understood the assignment right yeah. short notice i need to come bomb on this guy i saw him in his last go i should put hands on yeah. him and that's what he tried to do but to duncan's credit he clinched up and held his yep. ass against the cage for the whole first round it was like yeah. i'm not doing that <laughs> you're not just gonna bomb on me i'm gonna put some blood in those arms and slow you down and Dude. then it kind of it just felt like, you know, at the end of the second round, you know, Duncan's doing all this, all this, you know, pitter patter throughout the round. At the end, he's just like, you know what, fuck this, dude, I'm out of here, and just stepped on the gas and was like, if you're just gonna cover up to block, I'm just gonna unload everything and put you down. So yeah, I, good on him for for like seeing that and understanding. Yeah. You know, that's that's good vision there. And who doesn't love a good tech end combo in the UFC? Hell yeah, dude! Channeling, bring back, bring back the uh, the ghost Nate Marquardt there. Oof, yeah, the the Tyron Woodley finish him moment. Mm-hmm. No, the clinch work was excellent here from Duncan. Yeah. That's where he thrived. That was his best range. Yeah, man, good on him. Strong shelling. Strong, very good. Love to see it. He's got some promise. He's got the athleticism. He's got the promise. It's just getting all the like interstitial parts of fighting that need to snap together. Dealing well, with the jab. Know, the the British don't really do the head movement thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not. That's not the way they box. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, he's more of like. No, nah, he's he's more old school. Like he he's gonna stand tall, especially under duress. When he's under yeah. duress, that's when things really go south. All right. Speaking of British guys that were supposed to have boxing games, Mick Parkin, Kyle Machado. If this fight didn't suck so bad, I would be a little sad. I, I would feel for Kyle Machado because I definitely think he won it. 
but the fight Wait, was what? awful. You did? Yeah. Why? Because he landed the better strikes for at least two rounds. Are you sure? Uh, that's what I thought. He he outlanded Mick Parkin by the numbers two to one. Yeah, but we're round by round. Yeah, so he outlanded him. I thought Machado probably lost round one due to getting swamped and laid on maybe or I don't even know about that. No, it was maybe can't remember if it was did I give Parkin round one or round two? Parkin should have definitely gotten round one. Round two was close. Uh, yeah. Either way, that was like all those sloppy heavyweight scrambles. Yeah, and, and then, then I gave the third round, round three. I gave it to Parkin. I thought it was just a bunch of sloppy boxing. Um, Parkin was landing that cross early on and was just catching dude clean and making him smile a bunch. Um, and then there was like a little clash of heads and then yeah. some more sloppy boxing. But a I mean, shit I don't fight. A shit fight. A shit fight. A shit fight. I'm not going to try. And, that's why I say it. I'm not going to argue it because it's not worth the time. But I didn't think Parkin won it. Either way, whether you think Parkin won it or not, for a dude who's supposed to have hands, his UFC career has been a distinct lack of hands. Like, he got, he looked flummoxed by Machado's boxing. <laughs> flummoxed. He did. <laughs> he was yeah. getting popped by the jab. He did Honestly, not know. That shit was going on both sides, man. It was. It was. They were but, both just eating solo strikes from the but other. Machado is a Brazilian training in Canada. He's not supposed to know how to box at all. We can say what we want about British boxing, but like Brazilian Canadian boxing. Ah, come on. No, come on. I mean, the British, like, British boxing is so bad. Okay, Zane, you can just take. A, a a heavyweight MMA fighter and throw him in there with the greatest heavyweight boxer of this era, and he will he will make it debatable. Okay, lest we forget. Okay, okay, but you know, I'm just saying we've never. I will stand. I I know there is one, and I, but I will stand right now and say there's never been a good Canadian boxer. Name a good Canadian boxer, Eddie. No. <laughs> See? Okay, we're, we're moving on. All right. Catchweight bout. Jekka Saragi. Oh, wait. Lucas. I got you. How about George St. Pierre? How about that? No. No. Oh, you mean like an actual professional boxer? Yeah, like an actual professional boxer. Mm. Not somebody that Dana White wouldn't let box the corpse of Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> oh, Clay Collard. No, he's American. Right. Yeah. Clay yes, Collard. he's he's American. He's deeply he's deeply white trash American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know Canadians are secretly white trash too, but you know, he's he's got that particular American flavor to him. We we're, we're gonna keep our boy on that. Um but yeah, we're okay. getting Zane, Zane was on vacation last time, so we didn't. Yeah, I was. Work. Yeah, no sixth and round. We last almost week. did, but Dane got sick also. Yeah, I, I had a a co-host. I had a a replacement co-host lined up. He got sick at the last minute, 
this I took a vacation, so no Vivi last week, no sixth round last week. Sorry. Should have announced something, but I didn't even really like the trip just kind of came up and I was gone. The, anyway. uh, my hot take of that was uh Alex Pereira needs to fight John Jones for the heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. Chance to be a three division champion for the first time. Or John Jones can get another win and then uh he can fight Stipe. Sure. We just need one more uh, title defense at heavyweight to get the three, and then the tiebreaker would be the win over Stipe, and then he could be the greatest heavyweight of all time also. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. There's that. Look at Zane throwing the treats. Yeah, I got I got the one. My dog finally woke up after sleeping on the couch for the last <laughs> hour or two, and now yeah. she's... Molly heard my hot take on Pereira going to heavyweight to fight. John That's Jones. right. She's like, okay. she, she's not. She's not with it. <laughs> like she's just over there going, no, that sucks. What's wrong with you? <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, featherweight bout: Jekka Saragi, Lucas Alexander. The big shock moment of the card. Uh, Alexander doing fine, doing exactly what we thought he would do to a guy that lost to Anshul Jubilee last time out in the octagon. And then Saragi pulled out like a little, you know, caught him off balance, kind of took him down a little. And the moment Alexander had to get back to his feet, he got clubbed. That is some great... Positional awareness from Jekka Saragi right there. The thing I really loved about that knockout, actually, was that Saragi, he threw the left hook to the body, but he didn't actually turn in, in on it a lot. He didn't actually really go and throw it like he wanted to connect to the body. He just used it to to gently put a hand on Alexander's midsection like they're at the prom, you know, do the slow dance <laughs> And use that to find, to keep the range as Alexander tried to retreat and just throw that right hand with the range finder connected already. And Well, not only that, but when you do that, you load your other hip. Yeah. So yeah, you're recoiling right in with that heavy shit. This yeah, was sick. this was insane. It was great. Alexander thought he was safe when he was standing up because this was like yeah. a crazy scramble. He's like mm-hmm. he's standing up thinking he's oh I'm 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 up oh, I'm up, but at no point was he like in his stance ready to defend. He was like I'm just getting out of there. Yeah, and like that that costs you at this level. You know, yeah. maybe not everyone can capitalize on it, but. He did. Saragi did, yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Dude, the follow-up strikes were just <laughs> brutal. Were so fresh. They were so fresh. Loved it. All right. Otherwise, Eileen Perez, Lucy Pudilova. Eh. Perez got to spend two rounds being the hammer and one round being the nail. Um Yeah. Sucks for, yeah. Sucks for Pudilova, but you know, Perez is when you've got somebody like that, like Perez, who is that uh, allergic to being bullied. That's something that Pudilova should have, you know, found her way to fight, found her way too earlier if she wanted to win. You can't really, can't fall down two rounds like that and try Honestly, to. Fight. Perez is lucky they didn't stop the fight because of her eye. 
Yeah, well, she met uh, who was it? Edwards. Jocelyn Edwards backstage apparently, and apparently they still have some bad blood from their their fight last year. Or yeah, I guess they're still beefing. Um, yeah, it was wild too. Perez wins this fight, right? And she, then she's like doing her twerk, and then they like pan to her son in the audience. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's not the best timing. So she's down at Goat Shed. She's a Goat Shed person. And they, I, I gotta say though, what was it? Was it Felder or was it uh, Fitzy who was like, "It's too, it, it's it's too early for that." In you know, out here in Vegas, yeah. it is never too early for that in Vegas. No, never. That was a miss. He misspoke. Yeah, he forgot where he was. Yeah, no, no I just, but she knew she knew where she was. That's exactly in line with the the environment. So Perez's coach, Asim, the Goshed guy. Yeah. You know, he's the new he's the new president of Karate Combat. Oh, okay. At Karate Combat 42, Machida, Leoto Machida was the commentator. So the thing was, Machida, they did this little bit. Machida pulls out, he goes, You know what you have to do? And he pulls out this cup. Asim pisses in the cup and drinks his own piss i'm not even kidding like he drank his own fucking piss he drank his piss just as like a, a rite of passage kind of thing that's some, that's some dedication <laughs> that that is remarkable dedication i do not think any amount of respect for leota machida and lord knows i have plenty would get me to do that <laughs> no no, I don't think if, if Machida was like, I will give you a black, I will let you wear a, a Leoto Machida karate black belt. You will be a black belt in karate. I will stand up for that for the rest of my life. Even if you never take one class, <laughs> I still would not drink the piss. Yeah, man. That was, that was wild. He did it though. You know, <laughs> you, combat sports never ceases to amaze. Clown shoes, man. Yeah. All right. Now we speaking of clown shoes, this was just the right transition. So thank you. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? For Trey Ogden, Nicholas Mata. Oh man. I we're we're recording right now, so we don't have the press conference going and all that. But if Dana White has not already announced that Trey Ogden has got his win his win money. Then this is the most bullshit call I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, if I was Moda, I'd be like, I want my win bonus too. I never lost. That was a bullshit style. That's a no con. That's bullshit. I've bobbed for it. You probably wouldn't. Yeah, would you're never gonna it. get it if you're Moda. But I can see. I, I, I can. I can see the idea. You know, the hustle. You got to be on the hustle if you're an MMA fighter. So good for Moda. But you want to hear a conspiracy? What? I just asked you yesterday. You, you do? No. I'm. Ta- I'm. I, I don't. I'm not saying. Yeah, but, but you're saying. saying. But yeah. I'm saying. So yeah. before this fight, uh, who is that little? Who who do they have come on the broadcast? Minty Betts. Minty Betts. Yeah. Minty the... Betts. Her bets was Mota straight up no. in this fight. Motor oh. gets his ass kicked the whole fucking time. He's getting jabbed a bitch. His nose 
gone, right? Lee yeah. Pulling up, gets taken down. Ogden's like, how much time I got to finish him? Bet. Arm triangle. And I'm not saying the call came in, right? Sure, sure yeah. Winkle, Mike Beltran. He's like, uh, show me you're there. Show me you're there. All right, this one's over. And, uh, you know, so technically the no contest, that's a push. Minty Betts didn't lose the bet because it's hey, a push. If that's the case, then you know that Gianni's got to be over there looking at them and being like, how could you never do this for me? I got every bet wrong for a whole year, and not once did you save my ass. Hey, I'm not saying. No, I know. Uh, but this, this is was- unfortunate. So this is like Beltran fucked up here, but like yeah. I don't I don't I don't really think, blame him. When you when you make errors this way, whatever, dude. You had yeah. a bad day at work. That's fine. When you make errors the other way, like you don't realize he's out. That's, That's when it's like, look, yeah. motherfucker, you need to tighten up. Yeah. I mean, th- this is the kind of thing where I, I would argue we should see this kind of stuff more often in MMA than we do, which is like, you get yourself into a shit, into a really, really bad submission position. Like, Mata was in that submission so deep, he could not react to the ref. He could not make a thumbs up. He could not wink an eye. He would, He had to focus entire every ounce of his energy on defending that submission, or, or he, he didn't hear him. Go out. Or he didn't yeah. hear him. Or he like, couldn't. You, yeah, your, your hearing can start to go. Yeah. Oh yeah, everything goes. You're. Yeah. He, he should be so singularly. What I'm saying is, he was caught so deep. He's his entire body should be so singularly focused on defending that nothing else exists in the world. Sure. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. But that's also the point where it's like, okay, well, you signed your, you know, you got yourself to this point. That's on you. Like, if the ref, no, no, no. Because here's the thing: if if I say show me, or the referee saying show me something, and Moda is like, okay, I'm fucking defending. <laughs> like I'm yeah. doing the best I can to defend. Like that is showing you something. Well, like yeah, he's I, defending. That's but I'm just saying. What's not intelligent would be like I'm good ref. That's not yeah, intelligent. Yeah, it, it, it's true. I'm, but I'm just but saying he was that doing like intelligently defending himself, it's a bad stoppage. Like, it is a bad stoppage, but I don't blame the ref on that. I'm just like you know you're you're gonna make those calls as a ref. I would rather see a ref make those calls yeah, regularly exactly. Exactly. and be on the wrong side of that than to be the guy who let that guy get choked for like a minute and then arm barred and he woke up in the arm bar. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so what I'm mad about is the pay structure, the UFC pay structure, sure. the win bonus. It's archaic, and and this exposes that. That's well, the real issue here. And I think, though, that there is an opportunity to correct it here. What do you think of this idea? This should be a technical decision, right? If this was an incidental foul by a fighter, then it would go to the scorecards after a round and a half. It's an incidental fuck up by the ref. Just go to the cards. What does the rule say? Well, the rule the rules give a whole lot of leeway for any kind of th- decision making. It probably says you go to a you, you call it a no contest or you call it a, a a submission. You either say I made a mistake or I didn't make a mistake and you stand by it. It's either a sub or contest. 
Yeah, which is why they went with the no contest. But I would say it should be a technical decision. You should be going to the judges here. I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. I think the no contest is the way to go. I think it sucks, but it's a it's a refer it's an officiating error. It doesn't happen often, but it's an officiating error. And I think if the official of the contest it made an error, it should be a no contest. The result of that fight. But you could judge all the fight up to that error. Not if it's on the ref. I feel like if the ref if the ref fucks up, it's a no con. Like it's it's not a fair. It's not a fair fight anymore. Like it's been tainted. I don't. I mean, I'm just like, but they, it's tainted if there's a foul that stops it too. You know. Well, it's a no contest. No, it can be a technical decision. That's what a technical decision is for. Is well, a technical decision is for fouls from the fighters. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that takes the fight not too. Like clerical it? errors. This is like a. a this is on the business end. This is, you can't be like, oh, we're just going to go to the scorecards now. Yeah. Let's score the right on a technical decision from a eye poke or something. Like that's, that's the, the, in, the participating parties fucking up. That's not, I, I think that, I think it's a, I think it's a better reason. I think the ref fucking up is a better reason to go to the scorecards on that and say, okay, well, let's credit all the work you did than the fighters fucking up and being like, okay, well, let's credit all the work you did. Nah, I think like if it's fucked up, it's fucked up. It's a no contest. Run should be no co- then there should be no technical decision. I think at that well, point. If it's if that's the, the fighters, argument. if the fighters are the reason that the 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 fight is over, go to the scorecards. If it's purely a referee error, purely an officiating error, it's a no contest. I don't see the reason to have. I don't see. It's the like reason. a hung jury or something. It's like the whole case should be dismissed. Yeah, I don't. I see. I don't see the reason to differentiate there between the fighter and the referee, as they are well, created. One's on the clock. One's working, right? They're both working. They're all working. Mm, but one's representative of the commission. The other two are, you know, the the two the talent. They're, yeah. they're the show. They are, but that you know, I don't know. I think it should be a technical decision, no matter what. <laughs> he doesn't like it. Well, because right. like, what if what if like it's the other situation and and I don't know. I think it should just be a no contest. All right, that's all what right. I think. But again, that again I think exposes the win bonus thing. I think if it goes to a technical decision, that just sweeps it under the rug. Yeah, win bonus needs to be addressed, and I think the no contest helps that. I don't think I don't think it does, but all right. Anyway, let's go to the final fight on the card, the opening fight: Rafael Estevam, Charles Johnson, and um, eh, Estevam missed weight and then won two rounds because he's too big to be a bantamweight or big to be a flyweight. So. Yeah, this fight frustrated me. Like I like that little rally at the end from Johnson, mm-hmm. but it just frustrated me. And it kind of set the tone of what the night was going to be like. Just someone super just adamant about grappling and the other guy ha- having to overcome that in some way. But obviously Johnson didn't do that here. He couldn't find a way. He almost did, but this yeah. was uh, almost a 10-8 round, but not quite. No. 
just frustrating and frustrating, especially to, like I say, because Estevam missed weight. I mean, I think Johnson's even taller than him, but Estevam is much clearly a heavier built dude. And when you're like five, eight, five, nine, to me, that's the borderline of should you even be a flyweight? And if you're missing weight at that height, then my feeling is just you're, you're a, you're a bantam weight and you're, you're being a weight bully and, you got out of you got out of this with a win, but meh. Yeah, but again, not, not a good fight either. So no, a, a terrible third round. You missed weight, and the fight sucked. Yep, that's three strikes right there. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we're gonna have a little bit of extra bonus content for our Substack subscribers, which we'll be recording and dropping later on tonight. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the sixth round post-fight show, the Show Money podcast, and the MMA depressed us.